0: You're listening to Teach Me the Bible Podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Tim Webb, and we're here today with David Klingler on our Teach Me the Bible Podcast and David, it's uh, it's already been real exciting just to to see this whole story and talk about this whole story that what we call the Bible. But today, uh, just following up on that overview, uh, let's take just a moment to jump into how the different genres of the Bible tie together. What's what's going on here? How do they tie together? How they fit together? And what's God uh, wanting to accomplish in His big story through the different genres? Could you? Uh, Touch on that today, if yeah. You
1: like. So, um, so here's what seems to happen: is I uh, taught in a seminary and teach the Bible. Um, I think that we all kind of come to the Bible with our set of beliefs, our theology, mm-hmm. uh, and then we open up the Bible and we try to find places where it supports our theology, right? Um, but this is a, the Bible is a story; it's a progress of revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so this story's on the move, and so our theology is actually the conclusions that we get from the story. And so, uh, one of the hard parts about reading the Bible as a story is it, it will several. It's not in order. Right. Right. You know, it starts with Genesis. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Exodus. That makes sense. By the time people get to Leviticus or maybe even the end of Exodus, you know, where you start to Moses instruction on building the tabernacle. You know, you, you can just feel your mental, uh, you know, concentration. <laughs> Mind longer. begins yeah, to like, melt. <laughs> yeah, I, what, tell me why What's I care on? here. Right. Uh, I don't care. Why, why am I not caring about this? Because uh, isn't all Scripture inspired and help, you mm-hmm. know? Well, uh, it, it's because you're, there's nothing in that building of the tabernacle that's that's hitting your theology that, that you can get application from. You're saying, well, you know, I, I just I don't even know why this matters, why this mm-hmm. is, any, is relevant. Uh, and, and that continues into Leviticus and, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit of story and numbers, that type of thing. Um, uh, but, uh, but the order of the books even, they're not in chronological order, uh, and they're different genres. And so, uh, you know, poems, for example, communicate differently than story. And story communicates differently than, uh, you know, a stop sign. A stop sign just is, is it's an imperative. Stop. Stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't, right? Um, could I write a poem about uh, a stop sign? Sure. Um, but it, but it would communicate the reality of stopping very differently, mm-hmm. uh, than the, you know, the red sign with, you know, yeah. <laughs> if, it's if there was a poem simple. that you had to read for every traffic, uh, sign, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> Car accidents right? everywhere, left and right. Yeah. And so in the, in, you know, for example, the, the, the equivalent of kind of the stop signs, uh, are, are imperatives. You'll mm-hmm. get some of that in the law, right? Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy and, and Leviticus. Thou shalt not do this, right? right? Um, it, you also get uh, imperatives in the, the epistles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know, children obey your parents. That type of thing. These are these are imperatives. So there's places where you get that kind of direct uh, instruction. But that but direct instruction is not how stories work, mm-hmm. right? They still convey instruction, but it's through a story. Uh and stories uh are function very differently. Uh poetic literature functions very differently. It communicates truth in a different way, intentionally so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the Bible we've got narrative literature. Uh we've got law, you know, covenant mm-hmm. law type of literature. Right. Talking about Old Testament here. Mm-hmm. Uh we've got books of poetry right uh or what we call wisdom literature so the book of job the book of job uh, tells a story uh, but it's communicating wisdom it's kind of lumped in there with the wisdom literature uh and then when we think about wisdom literature or or old testament poetry uh we're thinking about p- particularly the psalms mm-hmm. uh proverbs, proverbs. Uh, ecclesiastes and song of solomon those mm-hmm. those four are most often what comes to mind um and so uh, we need to talk about how that genre works uh, and then probably the area of the Old Testament where I think people struggle with the most are the prophets. Sure. Uh, because you come to the prophets, and it's just these guys, and they're doing something. I don't know what, what they're doing. What are they talking about? Uh, I recognize a few verses in here, mm-hmm. um, but that's about it, right? We we don't have the context within which to do anything to, to to make sense of it. So then we come to the to the New Testament. The New Testament, the first four books, actually the first five books— um, the the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Uh, when you think about Luke Acts, that, that's mm-hmm. you know kind of part one and part two of a story right. that Luke is telling. Uh, you got Matthew and Mark uh, and and John that are telling the story of Jesus, and and those stories are familiar to us. And by stories, I mean you know oh yeah, this is the one where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, or this is the one where. Jesus walks on water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one uh-huh. where Jesus heals the blind guy or something like that. Right. Um, and so we know stories. And I think that's kind of how we do the Old Testament as well. We know the story stories. Of, of the flood. We know the story of David and Goliath. We know the story of you know, the fall. Book, as it moves through we're... historical yeah, accounts. And... But, but, we don't, but we don't know the, how those scenes fit mm-hmm. together in the overall story. Right. And so we tend to get application or try to find application from the individual s- scene rather than from the whole story. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so, you know, probably needed to talk about that. Uh, but you've got narrative literature in the New Testament as well in the Gospels and Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you come to the letters. Uh, and, and these are probably where, um, most Christians read the most, spend the most time reading because they're so familiar to us, particularly Paul's letters, Uh, you know, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Those letters, uh, we gravitate towards those because these are the Apostle Paul writing to Gentile believers. Mm -hmm. And we're the Gentiles. And we're the Gentiles. (laughs) And we don't know a whole lot. That's right. And so he's writing to people back then who didn't know a whole lot. So he's explaining it to them. Mm And so uh, we find his words to to these uh, Gentile believers to be very helpful and, and instructive mm-hmm. to us. The next uh, set is uh, is uh, you know the general epistles. Hebrews kind of a transition. Uh, Paul probably didn't write Hebrews, but it was written by someone very close to Paul. We know that, uh, and so I think that's why we put Hebrews right after the Pauline epistles. It's next, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, but but uh, Peter. And James and John, these are, and then we got Jude. Th- these are letters written to Jewish believers, yeah. right? Not written to, uh, by Paul, not written to, to Gentile believers, but to the 12 tribes dispersed. Greetings, right? Mm-hmm. This is to, you know, James writing to Jewish believers. Um, we get instruction out of those, but, but sometimes it's more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, a little harder to understand for us because there's so much Old Testament in there. Uh, as you would expect, because the apostles writing to people who know the Old Testament. Right
0: now, I, I just got a just short interruption there. Uh, it's interesting in the progression of the story. You got the Pauline epistles writing to Gentiles, and then you've got these Jewish apostles and people writing to dispersed Jews, and then right after that, you have Revelation, where this is all going, and 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 Israel coming back.
1: So it's pulling it all together, pulling it all together, right. uh, and so now the. Uh, the times of the Gentiles right. has uh, been completed. And and so now the Lord is refocusing his attention to fulfilling his promises to his people, Israel. Yeah. Of course, if you just start in Revelation, none of that makes any sense it, because totally. you don't know the story. Right, right? right? What promises did he make to yeah. Israel? I thought he made promises to me. That's how we were taught. You know, right. uh, I, I said uh, years ago, we had this book that, uh, that we had in the house. It was God's little promise book. I think that's what it was called. And, mm-hmm. And I think everyone yeah, who's a
0: believer yeah, has that little promise yeah, book. Yeah, and
1: the more I studied the Bible, the more I realized those promises weren't promises to me. Uh, they were promises to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, am, how am I taking those promises that God made to someone else and and you know making, making them promises me. to me? Sometimes that works, and sometimes it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so how do we understand that, right? Uh, and so... So I think that it's very important to talk, to take a moment to talk about genre and mm-hmm. how, um, and, and, and here's the good news. You already know this, mm-hmm. right? Um, because we're familiar with all of these different types of genre.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we experience them all, all the time. But, but think through how does, how is truth communicated in different types of genre?
0: Right. I think it's for, for those who are new to the story. Could, could you just take a moment, I know we have a lot to cover, but a moment to just share some of the dangers if we're not paying attention to the different genres. And so what, where could this take me if I'm not clear why this is so important?
1: Good. Um, so, so stories, genre... Um, um, Character, the way that truth is communicated through in story is through characters. Uh Rarely does the narrator, the author break in and say, okay, now this is what you're supposed to get from this. Okay. Um, you're supposed to know because of how the story is developed, what the, you know, what the point of the scene is and how that is moving the plot. The the stories function around characters and plot. Uh And so, so these, these statements will be said by a character to move the story along. Um, uh, Give you an example. Uh, In Matthew chapter 10, this is a good one. uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, the 12, uh, and he's going to send them out. Uh, He sends them out and he gives them instruction. Do not go to the Gentiles. Do not go to the Samaritans. Go only to the perishing sheep of the house of Israel. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, are we supposed to apply that? Let's, let's take that imperative, <laughs> that instruction. And well, that would actually be opposite of what we're doing now. Right. And what we're instructed in the church, what the church has been, uh, asked to do at this, uh, in this time is, is not simply go to the Jews, but go to the Gentiles, go to the Samaritans. And that's how the story ends with the great commission in, in Matthew chapter 28. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus tells his disciples to, you know, Uh, bring me a donkey. Well, look, we're we're not trying to bring Jesus a donkey, right? Mm -hmm. That that sounds ridiculous. Um, But this is, uh, in in the story, you've got this character, Jesus, talking to other characters, his disciples, and he's giving instruction to his disciples. In the upper room discourse, in the Gospel of John, Um, these are men who have witnessed the coming Christ, the Mm -hmm. promised one of the Old Testament. They saw him. They walked with him. They heard his words. They, you know, uh, they, after his resurrection, they stuck their hands in the holes. I Mm -hmm. mean, they they know this Jesus and he has entrusted them with his words, which give eternal life and sending them out into the world. Mm. Right. Uh, if we make the mistake of thinking that we are the disciples or we place ourselves in the upper room, John 13 through 17, uh, we'll miss the point. Right, mm-hmm. uh, no more than you would, you know, walk into a movie at the movie theater, and place yourself in the movie. Well, that would be ridiculous, and no one would think of doing no, that. No, one no one would think of doing that. But we're not saying that the movie was not intended to be applied. Uh-huh. Uh, how story works is through uh, recognizing, reading the story, the characters, the plot, and what happens. As you walk along in the story with the main character, you learn uh, how to correctly respond or incorrectly respond to the plot, to the conflict. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is just how narrative story works. Uh, who hasn't come out of the? Of course, this is old, right? So uh, our old people will get this one. Uh, when you came out of Rocky, <laughs> yeah, man, you were ready to fight everybody? we got it all down. Ready to go? You you were ready to go to war, man. Well, was this simply about boxing? No, mm-hmm. man, he was overcoming all kinds right. of stuff and it was just this heart of the fighter, mm-hmm. right? And so um so it wasn't simply about boxing. It was it was a whole lot bigger than boxing, mm-hmm. right? The the a whole drive lot this this fight that that Rocky had in his heart was to be emulated, right? Mm-hmm. There was just no give up in him and okay. there shouldn't be any give up in us. That's why when you come out of there you're like, man, we're ready to go. Somebody. That's oh, right. I'm we're ready, ready to go. go. You know, come on world, you right. know, and then course about 3 weeks later you need Rocky too because yeah. <laughs> the world is you, back down, yeah. you know yeah. but that's how story works that's how story communicates uh poetry communicates very differently much uh less literal more imagery involved more symbolism involved um, um you know there are, are lines and so in Hebrew poetry we see the symmetry that the author says one thing and then he he says something else that's related, but but his second line accentuates the first line, and mm-hmm. and this is how poetry works, and, and it builds, right? It, it's not it's not direct, uh, it's not storytelling per se, um, but it communicates truth in a very different way, mm-hmm. right? So so when we think about poems um, or poetry that we're you know, even poetry we're familiar with, it communicates truth, mm-hmm. and it was written for a purpose. But it doesn't communicate truth in the same way as story does uh-huh. or in the same way as letters do. That's
0: maybe why they would use psalms in worship.
1: Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Uh, reflect on the glory and grandeur right. of God or, his or majesty. laments or, or praise psalms. Uh-huh. Um, you know, reflecting on what God has done in the story. Uh-huh. Praise Him for creation. Praise Him for His character. Praise Him for His redemption. Praise Him for his faithfulness, yeah. right? Pointing you all back yeah. to the exalted one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so so it's reflecting on man when we sit back and we look about what this God is doing in this story. Who Ooh. are we, oh Lord? Amen. Right? Uh, well, that's that's how psalms work or mm-hmm. or communicates truth. Uh epistles very direct. Mhm. You fools! <laughs> Pretty harsh, has too, at times. But bewitched you. Look, right. this is the only thing I want to know from you, yeah. right? Paul mm-hmm. writing to the Galatians—he just going on the attack and say. Yep. He did not even have time to introduce, you know, say mm-hmm. Paul to the. Yeah,
0: okay. let's dismiss the formalities yeah, here. Yeah. We're going straight to the yeah, issue. <laughs> that's right.
1: Paul, not from the agency of for men or. I mean, he just jumps right in yeah. and, and, you know, grabs mm-hmm. him by the shirt with both hands mm-hmm. and shakes him and says, You listen to me. You know, grab a hold of
0: Peter. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> very direct. Yes. Right. Uh, uh, much m- easier to interpret. Mm-hmm. Right. You have imperatives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, and so imperatives are. Are straight straight across, uh, you know. They come straight out of the text uh, until they don't. See, here's the problem: when Paul writes to Timothy uh, and he says, "Bring me my cloak and parchments before winter," all of a sudden we're going, "Okay, what are we supposed to do with that one?" Right. Well, um, it wasn't written to you. You're not supposed to do anything. But if your name is Timothy and you're that Timothy. Uh, then, pretty important. Bring cloak and parchments yeah. before winter, and look out for Alexander the coppersmith because yeah, cause yeah. He, he, he's pretty opposed to what we're right. what we're teaching here, and and uh, you know, and and he might uh, come on the attack mm-hmm. for you. So uh, so letters communicate uh, differently, and so so being aware of the type of genre that we're dealing with, uh, we've got to be mindful of those things. But what we do is we forget that. Uh, we mm-hmm. skim the, the scriptures, we skim uh, the, uh, whatever pages we're on, and we're just looking for words that uh, align with our theology or our application. Mm-hmm. And so when a character in the story does something that does not, is not in keeping with what we believe to be right or true or correct, that can cause us struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it you know okay to lie because this character is doing this or whatever? And then we get into theological arguments and debates, not recognizing how that scene in the story is moving the plot mm-hmm. along. You get characters all the time in the Bible doing stuff that's not uh, that's not right. How do you know it's not right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and that's through that's that's understood through the development of the story.
0: Mm-hmm and as we're walking through this i just want us to encourage people hang in here because you know as you've said multiple times when when you approach the whole story as we are attempting to do it can really devastate you at times inside because you're like hey wait a minute uh, some it seems like i'm just hearing this for the first time what's going on here
1: right and, and that's, that, that's concerning. Uh, it's, it can be disheartening. Why haven't I been taught this before? Yes. You can question, is this right? Since I haven't been taught this before, uh, you got all that on one side on the other side, here's the good news. You already know this, mm-hmm. you know, how stories work. You right. tell stories, right. right? Um, someone says, makes some statement about something and you say, let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the reason why you're telling the story is to address the statement, the issue at hand. Right. right. The truth that is being communicated through the story that you're telling is to address the situation at hand. Well, here's what's going on in the Bible. Um, this nation, these people, Israel, um, that Moses has um, been entrusted to bring out of Egypt and bring out of yeah. slavery and take to the quote promised land. Um, that's the situation at hand. Well, uh, Moses has to communicate uh, to them who they are, why they are, where they're gone, and why it matters. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, Moses. Um, who are you? Why are we here? Where are we gone? And why does it matter? Yes. Let me tell you a story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Right, and so he starts to tell them this story. Mm-hmm. He tells the story of creation and and the fall, and the promise of this one who's going to come and fix it all. And he tracks the genealogies, and he brings them down mm-hmm. to Abraham, and and the, these these Jewish people going. Whoa, 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 Abraham? You mean Abraham, our forefather, yeah, Abraham? Yeah, Abraham, Yeah, Abraham, and Abraham, and Isaac, Jacob, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and, and the promises that he made to Abraham and I, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. See? And so, so yes, we were here in slave, we were in slavery for 400 years, but God yeah. promised that he was going to raise up a deliverer. By the way, that's me, uh-huh. Moses, uh, and take you to the land of promise. And there he was going to keep all of his promises that he made to you so that all the nations would be blessed. This is pretty important, guys, that we mm-hmm. know this story. Right Along the way, uh, the, these, these first hearers, that the, 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 the Moses is telling this story to these, these Jewish folks who are coming out of the land of, of, uh, of, of Egypt, and they're going to a land uh, that has been promised to them, but they're going to be surrounded by their enemies. And in those genealogies, it develops, uh, here's the people. The Amorites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the... uh,
0: You don't want to be an ite. Yeah, (laughs) you don't want to be
1: an ite. But here's where they all came from. And so that you know who they Mm -hmm. are and whose side they're on. And you're not to be like them and you're not to follow their gods. Because... Because it all goes back to Satan. It all goes back yes. to the seed of the serpent. They're the wrong team. And so don't listen to them. Don't intermarry with them. Mm-hmm. They'll cause you to follow their gods. And then our God, who's a jealous God, He'll wipe you off the map. You don't want to go down that trail. Right. Right. And so, so along the way, Moses is telling them the story about who the, these people are, how they're situated, the people they're going to encounter when they get into the land and as they go to the land. Now we read part of that and we go, why do I care about the Amorites, Hittites, Can't, You know, we come to these genealogies. We mm-hmm. come to these lists of, you know, going, uh, who cares? There's no theology there. There's no application. There certainly was theology and application for them. Yes, there was. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and so when we understand the story that was being told to them then and there, man, that makes sense. You say, well, yeah, 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 but hurry up. Get to the part where we're getting there. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. You're in it. You, mm-hmm. you know, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. We got to get them to the land so that Messiah will come, uh, so that Israel will reject, that's what we're going to learn mm-hmm. in the story, so that the gospel will come to you, Gentile. Which is why uh, we are uh, drawn to the New Testament, because that's where the Gentiles finally show up. Uh, we this get Old our Testament entrance yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll get a few spots mm-hmm. in the Old Testament where, uh, where a Gentile will walk into the story, um, but it's a character who is a Gentile walking into the story, and, and literarily or, or functionally in the story, uh, almost always in the Old Testament, uh, you've got Israel blowing it. They're the ones who know about this God. He's revealed himself to them. They're supposed to respond accordingly. They're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And the Gentile walks in and he tell he repeats, oh, we've heard about your God. Yes. <laughs> Who wiped out Israel or our, wiped our out Egypt? Our hearts melted and, when we and, heard. Yeah, and, and man, and they, they go, "Whoa, there's yeah. no God like your God, right?" You know, and you know, you can hear the narrator going, "Are you people listening to this, mm-hmm. right?" And now I give you Tamar. Yeah. <laughs> now I give you Ruth, Ruth and yeah. now I give you know. And so, so there are Gentiles in the Old Testament, but they're there as a uh, to walk into the story and point out where Israel is failing miserably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of their ultimate failure, the gospel is going to go mm-hmm. to the Gentiles in the New Testament. Uh, and so that's why we gravitate to the mm-hmm. New Testament, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I don't want us to miss this one fact. This whole Bible is about God's chosen people, Israel, and how the Gentiles are brought into that story in this story of faith, all pointing to this glorious God who's merciful and compassionate. But even in the is we spend so much time in the Old Testament that we many new believers go, well, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in you. But it's all still tied to Israel. And I think sometimes we make in this application, this attempt to make application, we want to throw ourselves in here. But even the New Testament is still talking about Israel, even with Romans. And Paul is, you know, the majority of that book we want to take to ourselves. But he's
1: concerned about Israel, even in Romans, which describes our faith. Yeah, he's concerned about Israel for the sake of the Gentiles. Yeah. So he yeah. has determined in his you know, divine prerogative mm-hmm. to make, choose this nation through whom all the nations all the will nations be blessed. Will bless. right? uh, and so let's not make the mistake of thinking it was only about Israel. It, sure, it, I, I don't yeah, want to imply yeah. that. But, 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 but he is dealing with Israel so that... In you, all the families mm-hmm. of the earth will be blessed, right? So the promise of Messiah was always to every tribe, every people, every tongue, every nation, which is where mm-hmm. the story is going at the end, right. but it's going to work through Israel, right? Right. Uh, through their obedience, they'll take the gospel to the nations, or through, the, the through their disobedience, mm-hmm. the remnant will take the gospel mm-hmm. to the Gentiles.
0: Yeah, I just think sometimes we talk about the dangers of how we interpret Scripture or apply. I think many Christians today think the Jews and Israel's over. It's done. Correct. And, and the replacement theology kind of thing. So right. I just wanted to yeah, be yeah. careful that we don't. Yes. Yeah. And fall that, into that's them. a mistake.
1: Let me give you a, a great example of that. Uh, so in Isaiah chapter one, there's this, this great passage in Isaiah chapter one. Uh, and, and it's interesting because this is, we, we kind of know, uh, some of these, uh, uh, some of these passages. And, um, um, and so, uh, he says uh, in verse 18, chapter 1, verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Uh, though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. And that's where we stop, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we write songs about it, and, and you know that's great. Um, but if we back up a little bit in the context of what is happening at this point in the story, God has chosen his people, Israel. He's brought them out of Egypt. He's taken them to the land along the way. He's made this covenant with them. If you follow me, if you're obedient to me, I'll bless you in the land. If you're disobedient, then I will curse you in the land and I will kick you out of the land. Mm -hmm. If when I judge you, if you repent and return to me, uh, judge you, what was he judging? He always is judging them for going after other gods. All the other sins were provided for in the sacrificial system, except for one. If you reject me and you go after the gods of the nations, remember that genealogy Mm -hmm. I told you about, all those ites and the gods? Mm -hmm. that You go after their gods, gods in whom there is no deliverance, no salvation, no Messiah coming, no hope, no eternity, no resurrection, no removal of the curses. You go to those gods, then I'm a jealous God and I'll judge Mm -hmm. you, right? And so here we are. Uh, the words of of Isaiah, the prophet, he shows up and he says, listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth. This is in in Isaiah chapter one, verse Mm two. Uh, This goes back to the book of Deuteronomy. The witnesses are called in this covenant. They say, all right, here's the deal. The Lord says Mm -hmm. to Israel, I'm making a covenant with you. This is agreement. This is the deal. Are we all? Yep. And and they call the witnesses. Uh, Whenever a covenant was made, there was a calling of witnesses. You know, you go down to the, you know, to the, uh, to the courthouse and, you know you sign things in front of witnesses well who is uh who who can be there to uh to sign on the line to be a witness well men are all going to die but the heavens and the earth as a witness right mm-hmm. and so so in the calling of this covenant the heavens of the earth this goes back to deuteronomy chapter 32 the calling of the witnesses and so uh judgment is being pronounced the court is being held the witnesses are called is this what yep this is, is it. it right and so Uh, So listen, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have reared, but they've rebelled against me. They've revolted against me. I love this. An mm-hmm. ox knows its master. A donkey knows its master's mm-hmm. manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. They are dumber than donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> say, now that I can apply <laughs> to my life. I, that, I, that I'm familiar with. I, I got that one. I can be dumb yeah. as a donkey. Mm-hmm. last sinful nation. People mm-hmm. weighed down with iniquity. He's not talking about the United mm-hmm. States. He's not right. talking about America. He's, he's talking about Israel. Offspring of evildoers. Mm-hmm. S- seeds of serpents. This goes back to chapter three. Right. They've joined the wrong they've joined team. The wrong they've team. gone after the gods mm-hmm. of the nations, and th- and so therefore they're weighed down with their iniquity. Sons who've acted corruptly. They've abandoned the Lord and despised the Holy One of Israel, mm-hmm. the only one in whom there is salvation, and they've turned away from Him. Mm-hmm. And so, what would you expect per the covenant, per the law? They're going to be judged for it. Here it mm-hmm. is, right? Uh, where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there's nothing sound in it. Mm-hmm. Bruises and welts and raw wounds, pressed out and bandaged, not softened with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Mm-hmm. Your fields, your strangers are devouring them in your presence. It is a desolation overthrown by strangers. Oh, daughter of Zion is left like the shelter in a vineyard. Like a watchman's hut in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. Unless the Lord of hosts had left a few, few survivors, it'd be like Sodom Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. So hear the word of the Lord, Uh you rulers of Sodom and give ear, uh, instruction, uh, to our, uh, 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 give ear to the instruction of our Lord, you people of Gomorrah. What are your sacrifices to me? I've had enough of your sacrifices. Uh See, you go over there and you follow other gods and then you offer sacrifices sacrifices to me. I've had enough of it. Mm-hmm. I've had enough of you trampling my courts, uh, your worthless offerings, your burning of incense, your new moon. It, it is, I hate it. Mm-hmm. It is abomination to me. I hate it. I cannot endure it any longer. So when you spread your hands to me in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. So wash yourself, verse 16, and cleanse yourself. Remove your evil deeds from my sight. What are those evil deeds? Going after other, the gods. other gods. Cease from doing evil and learn to do good. Seek justice And reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan and the widow. See, only the God of Israel does that. Return to me. Come now, let us reason together. Mm -hmm. If you return to me, though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. Right? Mm -hmm. If you consent and obey, Mm -hmm. you will eat the best of the land. I'll restore you. I'll remove the curses that I'm placing on the land. But if you refuse and rebel... You'll be devoured by the sword, truly the mouth of the Lord. See, now that makes perfect That's sense. That's powerful. In light of the covenant. In light, yeah. you know. So, so Israel saying, we're not doing it. We're, And so it goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 32, where the Lord says, it is I who bruise and I who heal, I who put to death and I who give life. There is no one who can deliver you from my hands, Israel. Mm-hmm. You go after those other gods, they can't help you. You go seek refuge in the gods of the nations, thinking that they can provide for you. I tell you what, they can't defend you from me. Right? There is nowhere you can go where my judgment will not come upon you. Yeah. I'll judge you in the land and I'll kick you out of the land. And there you will, uh, it, it's, it's, it reminds me of a story that Jesus tells mm-hmm. in Luke chapter 15, right? Israel has been kicked out of the land. Sons I have re- reared, but they have rebelled against me. And it's the story of a father who has Mm. two sons. Both have rebelled against him. Yes. One is a sinner. And the other doesn't view himself as a sinner, but a Pharisee. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) And one uh, regards his father as dead, Old Testament Israel, kicked out of the land, suffers the judgment of Deuteronomy. And when they're in the foreign land, attached to Gentiles, being in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lack of things, suffering the judgments of Deuteronomy 28, Here's what he does. He comes to his senses. Um, this is Deuteronomy chapter 30, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, this, this passage that uh, that is so central to, to the Old Testament says, so it shall come about when these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind in the nations where the Lord your God has banished you. Mm-hmm. And you return to the Lord your God, and you obey him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, according to all that I command you today, you and your sons, then the Lord your God will restore you from captivity, and He will have compassion upon you. You remember when the the, the son returns and the father right. sees him, he runs Season to him and he has compassion there. upon yes. him, right? Um, then he will gather you from all the peoples where the Lord your God mm-hmm. has scattered you. If you're outcast or at the end of the earth, from there the Lord your God will bring you back, and He will gather you into the land mm-hmm. which your fathers possessed, and you'll possess it. Moreover, verse 6, he will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and mm-hmm. all of your soul in order that you may live, in order that you may live eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so here's this son. He regards his father as dead. He's kicked out of the land. He suffers all the judgment. He comes to his senses. He returns to his father, and he says, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Mm. And the father restores him and has compassion upon him. And the other son has a problem with it. Yeah. See, uh, this is the Old Testament story happening right in front of us. And so, when Jesus is telling these stories in the Gospels, he's telling these stories to Jews uh, to answer the question: uh, Hey, Jesus, why do you receive tax gatherers and sinners? Uh, you know, we're Jews. We're Pharisees. See, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't hang out with sinners. Why do you receive tax gatherers and sinners? And through the whole story of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus, it turns out, has been eating with tax gatherers and sinners, at least the sinners, because he's been eating with the Pharisees the whole time. Every chapter, he's eating with the Pharisees. He's hanging out with them. So why does he eat with tax gatherers and sinners? Um, Because God cares for the sinner. Mm -hmm. He seeks after the sinner. He pursues the sinner. He waits uh, anxiously for the sinner to repent. And the problem is, one of the two sons recognizes he's a sinner. The other doesn't. Mm -hmm. So the problem isn't in the prodigal son the prodigal son is the one who actually does right comes to senses. He, rec- yes. he comes to his senses he recognizes he's a sinner and he returns the problem is with the son who doesn't repent who views himself as righteous and views others with contempt mm-hmm. that's Jesus going to tell another story here mm-hmm. a couple of chapters later chapter right. 18 right. Uh, and so all this is how story works this is how narrative literature works and when you understand the whole story then the scenes in the movie make sense so Um, I I don't know what y'all's experience is, uh, but if you walk into a movie in the middle uh, and you sit down and, uh, you start watching it and you ask your neighbor, Hey, uh, what's going on here? What is this? You know, they're going to say, well, you know, first of all, they're going to
0: say, shh. Yeah.
1: Watch this. Watch the movie. wait. (laughs) what? Hang on. (laughs) Hey, hey, uh, genius. Why don't you show up at the beginning rather than being late? And then I wouldn't have to ask, you know, um, but when you watch the movie from the beginning mm-hmm. and then you see that scene, it makes perfect sense
0: even more powerful
1: and it cannot be interpreted in isolation right. if you interpret a scene in isolation, you run the risk of missing the point of the whole scene and how it moves the story along and that's what we tend to do in our understanding of the stories, the mm-hmm. story of Jesus healing the blind man we we miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jesus healing the blind man in John chapter nine, we missed the point of that. It's not just that Jesus heals the blind man, that's the given, but it goes into chapter 10 where, uh, Jesus is the one who controls access to the father. Yes. Right. And so, uh, what happens with this healing of the blind man, great miracle, and all that. Uh, but the, the, the leaders kick, uh, kick this one out of the synagogue. Mm. Right. Um, Saying we control access to God. Yeah. Now this goes back to earlier in the story with the Samaritan woman. You say you Jews say you worship God on that hill. We say, say on this hill. Here. What yeah. do you say? He says there's a time and coming. When now is when it's not going to matter which hill. That's right. Because you only have access to the Father through me. Through me. Right. That's right. And so we're watching this play out in the story. But you can't understand the significance of the healing of the blind man and how it contributes to the story unless you know the Gospel of John, the story that John is telling. If you just make it about, oh, this is the one where Jesus heals the blind guy, you miss most of what's going on in the story. And so this Mm -hmm. is how uh, narrative literature works. It's different than epistolary literature. It's different uh, than prophetic literature. It's different uh, uh, than poetry. Uh, And so that's what we're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about uh, as we continue down this trail.
0: It is so rich. It is so powerful. I feel myself being drawn into the story, even when we talk, because I love John. And so, even getting to Lazarus, which is one of my favorite moments in that story because this is all culminating it's all building to that it is so it's it's uh just for the sake of our time today i I just i I know we have to stop here but i just want to encourage our listeners this is such an incredible story so powerful it speaks to your soul your spirit uh but my prayer today is as we're leaving here today is that we will be like that one who sees his sin absolutely that our hearts would not be hardened that we would not be that one who says I'm without sin, yep. but we would see our sin that Christ has paid for that sin and is able to cleanse us. And so I, I pray that our listeners hang in here with us. And as you're walking us through the story, teach me the Bible. It's a, it's a life changing story. I would say it's even bigger than that. It's a life giving story.
1: It, it absolutely is. Life giving the is.
0: only story that matters.
1: Yeah. you. Should, so. you should, I remember one time in class, um, the professor said that uh, you know we were in the Gospels, and it mm-hmm. he, he was just one of those classes where you're just seeing this Jesus. And you go, man, oh, man no. this is unbelievable. <laughs> just tears running yeah, down your face. Yeah. And, and uh, he says, come back next week, and we'll continue. And we walk back in the next week, and he says, I need to apologize to you. I lied to you. Jesus is better. Amen. <laughs> and every time <laughs> every, that this scene, every time <laughs> the story progresses, you see this God, and you say, I thought he was compassionate mm-hmm. and gracious and slow to anger. But I had no idea that he forgives iniquity and sin, and if he can forgive theirs, he can forgive yours, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just keeps getting better. Yeah.
0: So in the meantime, listeners, uh, let's endure. Let's endure, and uh, give all the praise to the one who is compassionate, loving, and merciful. And uh, we need him. So thank you, David, and look forward to the next one. Look thank you for being with us today. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to bible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.